Stump, stump, happy elephants. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps, a podcast for you, the players, supporters and the hard-working volunteers that make a glorious game from the lowest to the highest levels in the UK and beyond. We at Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps have now teamed up with Derbyshire County Cricket Club to promote cricket at all levels across the county and wider regions. I'm Rick, I'm here with Ian, Richard and Neil as we take you on a journey around our home here at Winslow Cricket Club in Burn-on-Trent. On this podcast, we'll keep you updated on all the goings-on here at Winslow Cricket Club, and we will also be answering all your questions and inviting you, the listener, to send in all your stories from around the cricketing world. We will, of course, have a special guest coming with their view from Cow Corner with all their stories, ideals and anecdotes. So, let's get started and bring you up to date with the goings-on at Winslow Cricket Club, the little club with a big personality. Welcome to another episode of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Joining Livo and Mars in Cow Corner this episode is Deputy Sports Editor at the Derby Telegraph, Colston Crawford, and cricket blogger-writer Nick Campion. We'll hear from those a little later on. So to talk about what's going on with Winsell, our regular host Rich Marser is away, so in his place, joining Neil and myself, it's a welcome back, it's John Kettle. Hi John. Welcome back. Hi Rick. Hi Neil. Hi Danny. Thanks very much for having me back. Um, for those that don't, don't know, John is uh, some career highlights. Uh, 338 games, nearly 4,500 runs with a high score of 98, John. Do you remember that game? Too short of your century? I did. It was at Alveston and Bolton on the... Um, was it the day that we won the league? I can't have been. I can't what happened to the other two? Did you get... Were you... I was not out. Oh, not out? Not yeah. a 98. Well, oh, it, says, it says bold here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scorecards in them days were always wrong. So you were not out 98? Oh. Out. It was out. Out 98. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame, that is. As usual, I'm never out. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, welcome back, John. Nice to have you back. We are just going to, if I'll start with you, if I may, and we're going to have a little bit of a recap 
of the the seconds? How are you getting on? Because obviously you moved up the end of the season and you're now in Div 6. So what's it like in Div 6? How are you getting on? To be perfectly honest, I think the standard in 7 was much more competitive last year. There was a lot more uh, competitive teams. This year, the standout teams are San Diego, Rosehill, Draycott. We've won 5 out of 12. And I think in two other two of those other games, we could have easily have won. We ran Draycott quite close when yeah. they were unbeaten. And... Um, uh, and Etwell as well. We made Etwell struggle early on. A couple of decisions didn't go our way, and then the two not out batsmen knocked the runs off with uh, plenty of overs to spare. But yeah, it's been good. I've um, I've not played that many games because I've been injured. No, did I mention me injured? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're like Captain Glass. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a glass back at the moment. So yeah, I've played in as many games as I could. Um, been a couple of close finishes, uh, particularly the one against Kirk Langley. We went there in the first game and beat them easy, and then. Unfortunately, they've been losing quite a lot of games. Anyway, they came to us, scored 254. We probably gave them 40 runs too many. And then we managed to knock them off with three balls to spare and uh, in a very uh, exciting finish. Rizwan came in and blasted 50 in about um, six overs. And then Westy and um, skipper Paul Winter saw us over the line. Went about 20 off last two overs, nine off a last over. And then uh, one with three, as I say, one with three balls to spare. And um, Kirk Langley would so upset at the end I feel for them really because they thought they got the game in the bag and we really stole it so that was exciting did it was feel it? for them it's win-lose cricket join oh. <laughs> stamp <laughs> on them it was a good game <laughs> yeah. I, when, you know, when they got the 250 I, I, thought, I thought you were going to struggle to knock them off to be fair so it was a good good game we good, were always we were, yeah we were always behind the rate thanks to um, well we were up with the rate about the first 17-18 overs and then during their innings Winter came on and first three balls of his first over disappeared over Mr Noble's house for six but broke one tile and then they were always 20 runs ahead after that so um, we were always playing catch but yeah, it was um, yeah exciting game. You know, we've lost a game like that early on in the season. Um, can't remember that was against now. That was against uh, oh Alistair. Alistair at home got two ten for three, and they knocked them off for nine. Uh, again with three balls left. So one close one we lost. One close one we won. Yeah, good run chase. First had a good run chase as well, didn't they? It's well, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, Brett whopped a ton, so was over the line, a bit sticky at the start. Was he out? Was he not not out in the end? Uh, Brett was out at the end, but he got but he got the uh, hundred there, not like ninety eight, <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, he's so, a finisher. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batty well. What's the feeling like in the dressing room at the minute, John? In the in the twos? Well, if you were to ask Paul Skipper, uh, it'd be doom and gloom as usual. Yeah, Imawero still uh, still captain and vice captain, doom and gloom. And um, yeah, it's I think everyone's quite positive. Like I say, there's a couple of games that could have gone, you know, other ways. A couple of games we got we got soundly thrashed at Rosehill, Ashbourne. We we got away with a abandonment. They spanked us for two seventy two, and then the rain came. So I think everyone's you know everyone's enjoying More the positive. cricket. Yeah, definitely. I still think we'll. You know, I still think uh, we'll win two or three more games. There should be enough. Five, five more games will be plenty. It's been yeah. a good, been a good run for for Winslow all round. The first two on the roll, aren't they, Neil? As well. Yeah, yeah, dear. Well, yeah. I think we're surprising ourselves and a lot of people. I think. Yeah. yeah. Still second in the league after the Saturday. just by yeah by a game in hand on Michaela, but we're still uh, we're doing all right. It's remarkable again. It's very similar to last year. Not such a good start, and then all of a sudden, once you started winning one. There's no stopping you. Yeah. How many on the trot did you win? Six, seven, five, eight? six now. Yeah, it? yeah, certainly. It helps with Scott being available and uh, obviously the addition of Brett is a big, big help. Well, as we said in the first podcast, we felt that he would. You know, he did really well for us last year to get us up. Felt that he'd 
you know, he's, he's clearly his standard his cricket player, deserves Division Two, first Division team, Three. First team player, yeah. Absolutely. Do you find it different now? Now it's win lose cricket. Do you find it a bit harder or it's uh, harsher? It is harsher, but at least you know what you've got to do. Whereas I said this on Saturday, there's sometimes where we probably give up the run chase and either bat out for a draw and lose. Whereas now you've just got to go for it, so there's no point in just messing about. Um, yeah, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much because traditionally, you know, we've always played win, lose, draw. But yeah, the format's a lot better. I think a lot of the teams enjoy that sort of cricket. You know, well, it's that added pressure as well, the way where you, you sort of you want to go for the win because you, you'd rather go, you know, sort of lose going for it than than normally you'd, you'd bat out and yeah, get your yeah. draw point. Yeah. Well, strangely enough, with us three in here, we're still three left in the last man standing. Um, <laughs> we are, actually. Yeah, yeah. and um, I had Winston twos to win this week. And so we were driving back from Etwall, and I saw they wanted like 50 off uh, five overs. I thought, I'm out here, I'm out. And when I got there, they'd knocked them off. Yeah. So yeah. that was good. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's quite difficult, because for those who don't know, it's basically the first are in three south, seconds are in six south. So every week we have to pick one team from those two divisions who we think are going to win the games, but you can't pick them twice. Yeah. Well, so we're running out of teams now. We are <laughs> running out of teams, yeah. So you'd obviously go for the strong ones at the start of the season, like McLover and yours and Risley, you know, and uh, Etwell, for example. And then now, you're right, we're having to scrabble around thinking there's a lot of teams now, like Kirk Langley, for example, you'd easily take, you know, start yeah. first half of the season, they weren't winning any games, but now from that performance Saturday, quite easily put some, you know, yeah. choose them, definitely. Yeah, I'm not going to though. No, not me either. <laughs> well, I'm not telling you I'm going to get it. <laughs> I think I was going to pick the same one you have. I might change yeah. it now just to be interested. <laughs> right then, we're going to have a look at our MVP board now. Is uh, Watto still top of that? Uh, I don't think he is. Is he not? I've got a picture of it here somewhere. Uh, Angelo's top of the top of the shop. Well, I was, I was actually going to ask to talk about Angelo a little. Well, no surprise about the twos. You know, just thinking about the review of the two season, he's he's been outstanding again. He's got a couple of centuries. He got 109 against Etwall. He got he got 105 against do we know how uh, Mickleover. Do we know how far from a thousand runs he is, or is he? Well, he's got I think he's halfway there, isn't he? he got 69 against Swarkston. 61 against Alistair. Got to be more than 58 against Muggington. So he's been superb this year, and then he had a few games for you, didn't he? In the ones he's got five, eight, four, one. Been outstanding, and then we've had Westy a few times, and uh, again he's been good for us. We we have struggled with bowlers, to be fair, because Darren Pritchard's not been available yeah. week on week off. We were a bowler short those days. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously you, you lost Brett to the first as well. Mm. He'd, he'd a bowl for. But yeah, Nell's been Nell's been outstanding this year. Definitely. So he's top. Who's second? Second is Kamal. No batting points, strange for Kamal. Mm. Steve Watson's third at the halfway point. How far behind Angelo is he? Uh, 11 points. He's been top for most of the season so yeah. far, hasn't he? Yeah. Cam is a bit disappointed about his batting, isn't he? Yeah, because yeah. I spoke to him after your game on Saturday and I know he got a first ball duck. And I said, oh, how'd you get on, Cammy? Uh, did you get any runs? He said, oh, uh, I got three. I got some wickets. got a couple of wickets. I said, uh, you got any runs? He said, oh, uh, Brett got 100. Dog. <laughs> so he didn't want to say anything. I said, uh, you didn't get any, did you? He went, no. I got a first ball here. Who's next? I'm fourth. What did you get the other day? Six for 30-odd. That's yeah, that's counting. That, that, that's, that's, that's helped you up the yeah. list a bit, hasn't it? West is fifth, Jimmy. Um, I always make me laugh when we do the MVP because always, there's always one name on here that no one knows who it is. It's Richard Martin. Well, I think it's Scott Martin. I always like people asking who's Richard Martin. I don't know why it's that. Because uh, it's definitely not Richard Marser. No, you? no. And one thing about the MVP as well. Again, we talked about Wince, second team skipper. He's uh, He is determined to win that last year and this year. And he'll do anything to get points. And we had a Sunday friendly this week, just gone, against... Um, uh, Dar- Darley. Against Darley Abbey. Darley Abbey. 
Paul Mellor's captain. So we had four of the youngsters in. We had his son, uh, Jake. Who else did we have? Oh, Harry Taylor, Riley Sherratt Smith and uh, Angelo's Reith. son, Reith. Reith. Who bowled one over of leg spin and uh, turned it quite a bit. Turned it more than you did, Neil. Did he? Yeah, really, yeah. It was, it was very good. Was very, very good. I was very yeah. impressed with his fielding as well, to be honest. He was yeah. fantastic fielding. Yeah, and Riley so, caught an absolute corker as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so so the Sunday the Sunday fixture really is fixtures this year to give the kids a game and you know all the seniors turn up and do a little bit. Anyway, uh, Darley turned up with an equivalent for three or four youngsters. Anyway, this young lad came out and batted. He got to about forty nine, and Paul fancied a bowl. Oh no, sorry, he got a cat. He had a catch first, then he fancied a bowl because he thought I might get some MVP points here. So this young lad, only fourteen, he's on forty nine. I think he hit Paul for a four or something like that. So Paul bowled him his quicker ball and for once it rattled the stumps. <laughs> and this lad went off, young 14-year-old, all very disconsolate, went to celebrating. And then um, and then batting-wise as well, he went out and spanked 50. So he is relentless this year in his pursuit of MVP points. Well, he needs him. And then he also, he was texting me, he was texting me Monday morning, have you put the Sunday fixture up on, on play cricket yet? Because otherwise my stats won't uh, my stats won't. I don't think up. they can, you know, they don't count. Well, he reckons they do. They don't, because Kamal got a ton into uh, in that other match. Perhaps not then. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, okay. He gets enough points. We captured points with a load of hogwash. He does, yeah. So who's, who's at the bottom of that? Who's, who's... Uh, Phil Jones is 20th. I'll tell you what disappoints me about the MVP. He only puts the top 20 in. And as I'm about 40th, then um, I'm obviously not Yeah, on. well, I ain't got a big enough phone to see your name on here. <laughs> top 20. So, Angelo, Kamal, Steve, Watson, me, West, Johnson, Shaq, Duggo, Birdie, Wright, Wood, Neil, Pichard, Moore, Taib, Clark, Winter... Richard Martin, my favourite. Jake Smith and <laughs> Phil Jones. Well, thanks for that, fellas. So uh, we're going to go over now to Cow Corner and we're going to listen to Marson Livo with Colston Crawford and Nick Campion. Welcome to our latest venture into Cow Corner with me, Ian Levo, and Rich Marson. So how are we, Mars? Very good today, mate. Good, good. So we're back face-to-face again today rather than on Zoom. So slumming it with us today in Cow Corner as we talk all things cricket, and in particular cricket and sports writing, is the long-time Deputy Sports Editor at the Derby Telegraph, Colston Crawford. How are we, Colston? I'm all right, thanks very much. Nice to be here. Great to see you. Uh, Together with cricket blogger, writer and psychotherapist, Nick Campion. How are we, Nick? Very well, thanks. Great to see you guys. So, Nick, just give us a bit of background and how you started in cricket. I've loved cricket for as long as I can remember, I think. And um, even as a a child, I'd be getting the wisdom and the cricketer delivered monthly and read them from cover to cover when that was the only way we got our information back in the day. And uh, and I follow my dad around who um, played for Barton 13. Yeah. They called the Wanderers. They played friendly cricket only. Mm. And I just put my kit in the car and hoped that someone didn't turn up and I could <laughs> yeah. get a game. So I think we've all been in that uh, yeah. position. Yeah. And that, yeah. That, that's how it that's how it works out sometimes. I think I probably got my chance when I was about eight or nine. There's not so many rules in those days about who could play. I remember this. Um, this, this guy for the opposition took a ball in the face, it hit, it broke his glasses, there was blood everywhere. But it wasn't me, was it? <laughs> <laughs> but on the plus side, it meant I could uh, go and play. So, mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember having a, having a bat and um, scoring a run. And yeah. that, 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 so he was about eight years old. About eight years old. They carried on doing that, just putting the bag in the so car. So that's your earliest memory of yep. cricket then. And then how did, how did you become more involved in league cricket, if you like? Yeah, well, I, I played at Barton... Um, whenever I could, um, I started playing in, in my dad's team in the third team, and then, kind of around thirteen, I started to get better, mm. um, and I scored some runs 
for the thirds. I think I had one game in the seconds and scored some runs for them, and there was a space in the firsts, and and that's where I stuck. I mean, usually at number eleven and not bowling for a while, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. that that was the proving ground. Um, so I played, yeah, and, and I got some cricket at, at Repton where I went to school, and in the Derbyshire setup as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's started all in earnest at about thirteen, mm. I guess. Yeah. Was that some of the county setup you were part of then at Sandy? Yeah, yeah. That's good. I, I played Staffordshire under thirteens, and mm-hmm. then. And then into the Derbyshire setup, up to 17s. Yeah. So what about you, Carson? Did, involved in cricket at an early age? Yeah, I, I think I might have mentioned this on Twitter the other day. My, on my earliest cricket memory, I would be 10. Because okay. I remember the BBC yeah. televising Glamorgan's game against Derbyshire. Uh-huh. Glamorgan chasing the county championship, which they ultimately won. Yeah, really? And I've got this image of Bob Taylor, block, block, block. Yeah. As, was tried to, as Derbyshire tried to keep Glamorgan out and failed. And for some reason, that black and white app that gripped me. That and that was on the BBC. That was on the BBC. They televised the wow. game in those days. Yeah. And uh, I was fascinated by it. But my cricket early days was was laid with myself in the garden. Yeah, yeah. Bowling the ball at the rockery and trying to catch the ball <laughs> off yeah. the, the angles it yeah. came off the rockery at. I had one of those um, those those nets that you get yeah. those catching nets. Yeah. And yeah. I was in the garden for hours with that and pinging it off there. And yeah, two two broken windows in the garage. But <laughs> my dad was a big fan of cricket, so it didn't really go down too bad. We used to try and throw a tennis ball over the house, and often the windows are going. It's funny the way you described that earliest memory, though, Colston, because. Down at the ground last night, I was talking to our skipper and we were talking about how we all started as kids doing exactly what you were saying, or then you might have your dad or your granddad and you'd do it for hours and hours and hours. Mm. And we don't see that as much these days because I think there's so much more for people to do, isn't there? How much do you think that's affected the way the game's gone? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I think kids still do. Mm-hmm. I like to think kids still do do that. But my parents weren't sport, sports minded okay. at all uh, and my brother wasn't. So this was very much me. Yeah. And uh, but the journalism was already starting as well because I was compiling oh. little newspapers of, 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 with sport in them. From what age? Uh, seven or eight. And it was just fictitious. <coughs> I was making up teams. But it was all uh, this world. I've still got some of them. Uh huh. But I missed this at my own little leagues and everything. So that's how you got into journalism from there. So I got it sort of came in hand in hand, I guess. Really. There's a thing. I mean, I, I was always interested in in. in in general, my dad was a, a liner type operator in oh, the old hot yeah, metal days right, and yeah. telegraph and the, the, the noise and the, and yeah. the action was fascinating and, and, mm. and I wanted to be involved. And uh, I'll move into that if you like. When I was 14, yeah. uh, my mother was, was interested in tennis but she had a job in the sh- shop in town and she couldn't watch the men's final between Jimmy Connors and Ken Rosewall. Mm. Right. Everybody wanted Ken Rosewall to win. It was his last big shot and he didn't. I wrote my mum a report of the game, and unbeknownst to me, my dad took it into the Telegraph and, sh- really? and gave it to the sports editor at the time, George Edwards. And George very kindly sent me back a, a detailed written critique of the report. And I'm still in touch with George through Facebook. He lives in South Wales. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and he's my first, I regard George as my first mentor, and really? he was the Derby County writer at the time. Yeah. Does he listen to podcasts? I don't know if Joe, Joe, he's, he is. He is internet savvy. He's on Facebook. Yeah. And we yeah. Oh well, hopefully he'll, he'll enjoy that's getting a, a mention. That's an incredible story, well, though, isn't it? it well, it's nice. Took things coming full circle. I, I, I was. He he wrote a book about his time. Right. About yeah. his time dealing with Brian Clough, and I was able to review it for the paper and uh, and print extracts from George's book in the paper for him. You didn't so, critique it though. 
No, not so. <laughs> <laughs> not the slightest. Did you? How did your mum find that report? Because if she didn't get to watch the match, that must have been something pretty special for her. Oh, she, she, I'm sure she liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, George taught me one big lesson there because I, I said because everybody wanted Rosewall to win. I had a line in the in the report which said it was Wimbledon's most biased crowd ever. Yeah. And George said, "You don't know that." You've been involved in every other crowd that's that's a, ever been. Yeah, that's opinion. It's, yeah. opi- it's opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. It's, it's probably, possibly, or one of, but it's not yeah. the, if you can't say. Mm. What about you then, Nick? When, how do you get involved in the writing side of it? Um, uh, more by accident, I suppose. I, 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 I didn't really know what to do after university, um, where I studied English, so that was a, a, a reasonable start. Um, and I, I, I fell into a job at a, a PR company because I, I knew somebody who worked at a PR company. Mm. Um, and uh, that involved quite a lot of writing, as it turns out. And as, as I think it was about four years or so, maybe five. But the, the, sort of the, the more I was promoted at the company, um, the, the more sort of general corporate schmoozing I had to do and <laughs> the, the, the less I enjoyed the job. Um, and, it, and it turned out that the bit I liked and the bit I could do was writing yeah. and people in the company would say you know where, where did you train I, mm. I didn't train I just this seems quite logical to me mm-hmm. um, and so that's what I did and I, I suppose I had the, um, the the confidence of naivety at about 26 to think I could make a living from it and so I I jacked my job in and went freelance um, moved out of I was working in Birmingham at the time moved out of Birmingham moved in with my girlfriend then wife now um, lived off her, um, <laughs> uh, bought a motorbike, grew my hair, and uh, <laughs> generally lived the freelance life. Unfortunately, that, that meant earning almost nothing for that two years. Really? Wow. So I could not have done that at any other time in my life. No, no. Um, it's a bit of a rude awakening, I suppose, because mm. all the people around you are very confident. Oh, you'll, you'll be fine, it'll be work. Mm. It not tells you quite how to get it. Yeah. yeah. So it took a good two or three years really to was it was it writing about sports in general or it wasn't writing about sports at all right um it was um it was it was corporate writing really right so it's it kind of similar to the pr stuff but then just mm. expanded a bit yeah. the sports writing i always harbored but i never quite knew how to get into it and i suppose there's a part of me thinking well I, I could do it i'm sure an opportunity will turn up yeah and it took me quite a long time to realize that opportunities generally don't just turn up you make <laughs> you it. have to go and find them and how long has it you been on the sports writer side now then in total? Um, I was just looking looking back and um, I, I accidentally got a piece in the Cricketer in 1996, which is while I was working at the PR firm actually. Um, and, and and one of the clients has sponsored Worcestershire Cricket uh-huh. Club and I'd interviewed the coach, sent it as a PR piece and they'd printed it as a byline piece as if I'd written it. Um, and then it was 2014 really. Did you get paid for that piece in 1996? Uh, I did, actually, yeah. They're still, still paid. In fact, back yeah, probably 20 years ago, I did some pieces on sport in general for the, for the Derby Telegraph and got paid, mm-hmm. which is quite extraordinary. I don't think that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe grudge paying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was 2014, right? I thought, if this isn't going to happen by accident. I'm mm. going to have to really go for this. Yeah. And I had an idea for an article around journeyman cricketers, so county cricketers who were never going to play for England, but did the job. And I thought that was quite an interesting angle. And I, I contacted the cricketer um, and spoke to Andrew Miller, the editor there. Mm. Um, 
took a lot of time I, to to re firstly to research to pitch it, and then when he kindly gave me the nod to keep exploring, a lot of research. Um, interviewed John Batty, Tony Borrington, Alan Hill, John Abrahams from Lancashire, and then there's a process of probably eight months. Uh, where I think it's seven or eight iterations this piece went through. But a bit like Costner was saying just now, without, without critique he got, it was incredibly invaluable. Mm. Um, because every time he came back to me to say this is not good enough yet, he came back with some advice. And it really helped me to understand what is needed from a, a sports or cricket article. Mm. You can't just throw your thoughts down and think everyone will think it's lovely. Actually, you've got to structure it, you've got to have a thread that ties every single sentence together and uh, a bit like Colson was saying the the he, he was saying don't tell the reader what to think present the reader with the story yeah and they'll work it yeah, out, out yeah. Mm -hmm. so I was really grateful to him he took a lot of time feeding back to me what was not right um and then so about eight months later finally I got this you know four pager in the cricketer and that was yeah that's the start. That's brilliant. And it's eight months for one article, effectively, yeah. which leads to a really open-ended question for you, Colston, I suppose. Which, you know, if you took eight months to put an article together, um, the Derby Telegraph would be way behind anybody else in the country, wouldn't they? So from a day-to-day -day perspective, how does that work for you? you know, in, in the morning, you wake up on a... Let's just pick a sat this Saturday coming up. What are you doing for, on this Saturday from a sports perspective for the Telegraph? Well, I'm not because it's <laughs> on Saturdays and day off but <laughs> outside the football season. Yeah. But um, uh, first off, let me say, eighty percent of my job isn't actually writing. Um, I'm, I'm page. I'm, I'm a page producer, mm -hmm. so I'm designing pages most of the time, yeah. and the writing is a little bit of an icing on the cake. Mm. And there's less of it than there used to be because but, of the reader contributions, for example, and stuff like that. Um, part, yes, largely, yeah. yeah. But it, but because of the way my job, my, my own job, has evolved. But um, you have to be a bit of a jack of all trades now, because the industry's contracted massively. Yeah, a great deal of it is online. New journalists are almost exclusively online, and you know, old dinosaurs like me think that's not journalism. Mm. But who's to say we're right? It's just what journalism is it's now. It's just what it is, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's changed, and uh, and I sort of got a foot in both camp, really. But coming back to what you say about Nick and and spending that length of time over an article many articles I write are dashed off quickly yeah, and, yeah. and and in fact I would argue that sometimes some of the best things I've written some of the most fluent things I've written are those I've not had time to think about you've just written what you've seen I've just written it yeah. just, just get, because mm. the time is time is of the essence and that you still got that to a certain extent with, say, with an evening football match. You're getting it in the next day's paper. You're writing it as the game happens, mm. and and then you're just topping and tailing it. Depending yeah. on, you don't want a game which with with a 95th minute goal mm. because you, <laughs> you if you got if you're three nil at 85 minutes, yeah. your, your report is virtually done, uh, and you and you press send on the final whistle yeah. to the guy in the office who's yeah. putting it on the page. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you're nil nil it. At ninety minutes, and somebody scores in ninety fifth. Your intro isn't already read, already written. How do you think a story like that is going to hold up in the years to come, where you've got instant Twitter, for example, where well, it's, it's already know, largely irrelevant. That's what I was going to say. But, yeah. but that report I'm just talking about, I'm putting it online, I'm putting it online and sending it to the office right, tonight. Okay. Right. So yeah. it's so I am, I am getting it. Yeah. I, I quite yeah. I like in, in, within two minutes of, yeah. the, of the game of a Burton Albion game ending. Yeah, I have got it on the website yeah. and I've tweeted it out and I've got it on Facebook. No doubt you'll be sat next to people at Burton Albion who are doing the Twitter feed who are literally 
every second there's a yeah, but they're not. Incident. It's not a written report. No, of course, yeah. of course. But it's yeah. it's I suppose it's um, marrying up the two really, and the two sort of help each other out. I guess really. Yeah, mm. I mean it, the, the printed the printed paper has got to offer something a little different because yeah. it's not got the Absolutely. immediacy of the yeah. internet. Yeah. Mm. So my reporting on on a Saturday game in Monday's paper is a. A, a considered review, yeah. view of yeah. it and yeah. an analysis of it than it is a, re- a minute by minute report. Stumps, ups, and beer pumps. Taking it back to cricket, I mean, uh, until a few years ago, they they sent me to a match. On a, I would go to a, a, a Premier League and sometimes a Division One game on a Saturday, and I would meticulously chronicle that game. And the handful of people that were interested in it loved it. You know, the, the, the teams would love to see the report because yeah. uh, mm. normally. They weren't, recreational cricketers mm. were not getting reported mm. in that way, so they enjoyed it. Cricketers used to talk about being telegraphed, which mm. was 30 runs or three wickets That's and right, your name yeah. was in brackets yeah. okay. after the result. Name in the paper. That's still a shorthand, <coughs> isn't it, now? Yeah, it is, yeah. 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 Your name in the paper, another yeah. run. Yeah. yeah. But, um, of course, even the league now senders don't, don't put the highlights in brackets below Division 2. No. Don't, don't they? So, it, just, just the results. Do you, think, do you think there's a... What's the sort of difference is between mm. professional reporting... On a professional game of cricket, to if you were reporting on a local game, do you, any differences, or do you just treat it the same? I, I suppose I would say that you've got to be, as a as a professional reporter, you you're always mindful of what uh, of, of not committing libel and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't, yeah, yeah. and I don't think one or two uh, amateur reporters really know really understand the the the, uh, the, the laws of libel. Mm. Or, or what it's fair to say mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> about people. There's, I think, some very unfair things are said about people mm. in uh, in some report, some amateur report. If you've not been there and done it, you can you can talk about it to a certain extent. But it's interesting you say the league don't publish below Div Two or whatever it is. Do you think there's a window there still out there for us lowly Division Three, Four, Five, Six players who'd want to see that information? Because I think it's a nice, it is a nice thing still, isn't it, to, to have it highlighted? Well, we? it is. But what we've got at the if you look at the, the we still publish a, t- a spread on Tuesday with yeah. the league tables and the results. Mm-hmm. And I still think people want to some people mm. enthusiasts, cricket enthusiasts want exactly. to see the result next to the table. They yeah. can read yeah. the result mm-hmm. and. From their eye line, they can go to the table and see what effect that result had on the table. Yeah, Yeah. and you've got to change pages on the internet to do. Yeah, you've got to have different tabs open for the results. Yeah, but that said, at the bottom of the results, we say every time for full details, and we put and we and we send them to the website because. Mm. It is actually more fascinating to be able to. to I spend hours on a Saturday night just looking at what people have, yeah, people like now have done. Exactly, and then um, the older you get, the more divisions you have to open, the more teams you have to look at. Absolutely. What about yourself, Nick? In terms of writing now on a day-to-day basis for you, is it is it part of your sort of your weekly? I'm going to do some writing week in week out for you. Well, professionally, the, the freelance corporate writing that's half of how I earn my living. The cricket writing, unfortunately, has to fit in around that. Because it is very time-consuming, and it's also not easy to get um, to get a piece commissioned. Still, what's also come with social media uh, and the internet is uh, quite democratisation of writing, I suppose, which is broadly a good thing. Yeah. Individually, it's more of a challenge yeah. because there's a lot of people out there who want to write, and there is a limited number of journals who will, mm. who will take pieces. There's also very tight budgets on those, so the editors have got scores of people pitching ideas to them. They also have their own people in-house who do all the 
international, national, all the stories you'd expect. So you've got to mine this really thin seam, niches, um, and try and find something that hasn't been done, isn't about to be done, you don't think anyone else is about to do. Um, like the journeyman cricketer one. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, the first piece I got for All Out Cricket, which is the um, precursor to uh, Wisdom Cricket Monthly, that was about academies. So again, it's, it was interesting, I thought, <laughs> I hope. Um, and I, again, lots of research, lots of interviews, um, but it wasn't a piece I'd ever seen. I don't think people would have taken the time to do it. That was something I found. And so from then on, it is a matter of just being alert to story ideas when they come up. Mm. And I get quite a few of those playing club cricket. And I've, <laughs> I've done a season of, uh, I did a club cricket column in all out cricket for a season where we address things like, should we pay players? Um, what about tees? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What about the sp- the spirit the game's played in, all, all the sorts of things that clubs go on about all the time, and and so it's it's, it's looking for yeah angles like that. I, I couldn't I couldn't devote a lot of time to it because I, it it would take all my time and it doesn't pay, mm. I and mean, it pays very little. Yeah, um, but if I get an idea, I'll, I'll I'll pitch it, and you know I had a few that started this year, which is which was nice, more around Derbyshire and Mickey Arthur and, mm. and that kind of thing. I, and and I had an idea around I was trying to prolong my career by engaging a strength and conditioning coach, and so um, I wrote a couple of pieces for Wisden about about how to do that, how to yeah. improve your cricket with, with strength training. That was something that hadn't been done before yeah. for club cricketers. So yeah. I pitched it and they said yes. And so I'll, I'll so did it improve your cricket? Uh, it improved my strength. Stumps, ups, and bumps. Super over. Now it's time for our super over. So Colston, um, what we do is six questions, quick fire answers, mm-hmm. and uh, straight into it. What's your favourite ground? It's Elverston, because I grew up around there. And okay. uh, I was fascinated by the fact you had a tree in, inside the boundary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I always wanted to play there. Yeah. Favourite batter? Uh, I've got to say Wayne Madsen. Definitely, if at the moment, especially. Your mm. favourite bowler? Kevin Dean. Tipple. I think we know the answer to this, but we'll ask you Well, yeah, traditional cask beer. Good, <laughs> good. And favourite, if you was having a favourite cricket tea item of choice, what would it be? Uh, that was, I, I looked at that one and I thought, I no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Not Battenberg, no. sausage roll? Uh, a sausage roll is as good as any. Yeah. I'm not very massively fussed, believe it or not. Okay. And your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? Uh, it was Donna Kellogg when she was playing badminton. Mm-hmm. I got to know her quite well. I don't think we've had that before. No. Or, or again. No, I'm sure it won't come again. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, I'm more likely to give you something like that than somebody who's, who's, who's huge and famous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks for that. Super over. Nick, favourite ground? Yeah, well, I have to warn you, I'm very bad at picking favourites of anything, so mm. apologies if I, I'm not in the spirit of this, but I'm going to say it very fast, and I'll have three. There's Walton, where I play now, there's Repton, which is a beautiful place to play, and Wormsley, where I've had the good fortune to play a couple of times, and it's just amazing. Brilliant. Your favourite batter? Now, this I can be decisive about, because this is Robin Smith. We've had that one before, and wait, yeah, was it? Was yeah. it was Howard. Howard, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Favourite bowler? Uh, again, very difficult. Um, I think Malcolm Marshall for his sheer all-round brilliance, but but obviously Jimmy Anderson is again for the same reason hard to look past. Favorite tipple? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's really difficult. Straight after cricket, it's cider. Not straight after cricket, it's real ale, and um, at home it's wine and some comfort. So, you know, okay. There's a top four for you. It's a bit of a lesson to be learned there about sides of things. Your favorite <laughs> cricket tea item of choice? Scone, jam and cream. Proper English tea, that is, then. And finally, your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise. Well, that's an interesting one, because I think hero is a, a 
difficult word because proper heroes are people like um, Jesse Owens and mm. Arthur Ashe and, and the gymnast who spoke up the other day. Cricketing hero, then Robin Smith, uh, Viv Richards, and, and right now as an elderly cricketer, Darren Stevens. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know, I think that's a really good one, Darren yeah. Stevens. That's brilliant. Thanks, Nick. Super over. Stumps, ups, and Going back to more the playing side of it, really, yeah. is, is how your season's going so far, both individually and as a team, really. Um, mixed results. Right. Mixed results. We started off very nicely with a couple of wins. We fell into five losses, and then we've won the last two, and, and th- then it was abandoned when we had a decent position uh, yeah. against Brails, which had scored 300. So we had a bit of a renaissance, I suppose. Mm. Um, it's been a bit frustrating, because we think we have the individuals that would make a very good side. Yeah. And we definitely have a good team thing going on, great spirit, um, but we haven't been able to put enough yeah. results together. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, that side isn't going to change hugely. Yeah. Um, and we, we're much more hopeful for the second half of the season. You know, we've, I think we're up to seventh now. And seventh, yeah. Very much like to push on a bit. Yeah. Um, so individual performances, who's stand out for, for, your, for Walton? Um, well, we've we've acquired for um, half a season. He's got one more week. A, a young lad who's just working at Repton for a year. He's eighteen. He's Australian. And um, someone asked him if he wanted to play cricket on a Saturday, and uh, he did. And it turns out he's good. Okay. And um, he's got nearly five hundred runs in his eight or nine knocks. Okay. You better give him a name check. Uh, Tom Seed. Hello, Seedy. Yeah. We. Uh, recruited uh, Freddie Shree from Trentside this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very useful addition. Um, and then we've got lots of other batsmen who have sort of threatened. And mm. I'd say it's probably six, seven batsmen in that lineup who could score mm. a ton mm. comfortably in that yeah, division. Yeah. And yeah, and, and they haven't. Mm. And so there's more to come. The bowling has been a bit more challenging, and that's quite unusual for us. We normally mm. bowl tight and struggle with the batting, but this year we're scoring mm. hatfuls of runs. But we can't bowl the ball in the same place twice. Well, that leads to a very obvious question. Is that the bowlers? Or is that these, I'm going to swear, those bloody Dukes balls that everyone's going on it's, about? It, it's both. Um, obviously, landing it in the right place, it doesn't matter what ball you've got in your hand. Yeah. yeah that's, that's so you're not landing it in the place as much as you want to. Indeed. But but when we are, it's definitely doing sod all this year, for sure. Yeah. Um, for, for almost everyone, you can maybe get two overs, a bit of swing. Yeah. Um, but... It's it's not doing a lot, but having said that, you know you have to adapt and you yeah, have to of course, yeah. bowl dry as England call it, and yeah. other teams manage it. We haven't. We've got we've got Jav who's taken twenty three wickets. Yeah, I've seen taken a few. Yeah, curious uh, <laughs> off spinners, yeah. um, which are um, and he can belt a ball as well, can't he? Just a bit. When he gets his he, mind, he, puts his he mind can, he can. But um, yeah, no, we stand and watch him lob those in the air, and the batsman play three different shots before yeah. it arrives. Yeah. There's, there's a bit more guile to it than it looks, and then otherwise you wouldn't have 23 wickets. But, and about uh, yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm struggling with a knee injury, which of course is a, a, a karmic response to me writing an article about fitness, isn't it? But, <laughs> um, so I've not really been able to do a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, yeah. But I have so. to mention your uh, miserly figures against uh, Mickelover. Yes, who, who we've mentioned on this on the pod before, but they got four hundred and ten, and I think you went for about thirty-four or something. Yeah, like yeah, I went for about fours when everyone yeah. else was going for about Pretty ten. I don't down, know how yeah. I got away with that one. But. Yeah, but you um, only bowled eight overs. What up to the other two? Was it? Was well, I was me? just very quiet and uh, <laughs> <laughs> stayed at third man. Yeah, good uh, idea. By the way, my, my yeah. colleagues uh, took the brunt, I'm afraid. Yeah. So out of the opposition you've played so far, 
Mm. Who do you see as the major threat, potential promotion title winners? Yeah, I just I was looking last night. I think the only team we've not played so far is, is Rolston, and they're all pretty solid. Oruos, mm-hmm. um, very good. Yeah, just a strong side overall. And obviously, a couple of proper quality yeah. players, Tom Chapman and Ollie. You know, very good players. Yeah, Micklover, it was a good side, similar side to what we've seen for the last few years. Yeah, um, strong, a strong batting side, liable to the odd collapse as. You know, funnily enough, the, the <laughs> you, you've just beaten them we after a collapse. Out, yeah, last week. Yeah, and our, our game previous to being um, put around the park for 410, we bowled them out for 97. Yeah, so that that can happen to their batting lineup, but they've also got five proper bowlers. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, yeah. sometimes some some teams you wait for the fourth and fifth bowler, and you know you'll, but mm-hmm. they've got five proper bowlers. So yeah, for them it's um, always a strong side, always up near the top, and have quite often. Um, blown it at the end so yeah. I imagine they'll be yeah. very keen not to do that again Who's the new surprise team that you've seen this season because you haven't mentioned Winterlays um, Funny enough it is <laughs> <laughs> because um, I think well I, I see Winslow as a, a team of solid cricketers Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't count any superstars in there but I think it's one of those ones that the the, the, the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah I think you're right there, the, yeah. There's something going on and Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good thing. Yeah. And it's a bit like Etwall for me. I think Etwall always yeah. perform mm. really I very think, well. I think it's about momentum for us. We've got a lot going on off the field, mm. which is transpired to on the field. And I think the team has been brought together by Clarkey, mm. and they all pull for each other, and that means a, a yeah. huge amount. Yeah. So I think we've surprised ourselves really. Yeah. We're currently lying second. Yeah. Not sure it'll carry on. But, yeah. But you know. God willing, it will do. Yeah. Um, no, so, I think yeah. I think I think Winslow's done a, a great job this year, and it, it'll be tough to hang on for another yeah. half a season. It will. But yeah, great start. Did you hear that, Clarky? <laughs> <laughs> Just remember when when uh, Walton comes to when we go to Walton next yes, time. Yes, you come back yeah, on our it, nice batting track. We had, we had a decent game against you. I think yeah. looking at the game we had against you, it was very similar to some of your other, other losses. You've done really well. Yeah. But then not quite enough. Exactly. Yes. And is, that, is that how the season's been generally? It, it, Mostly, we've had a couple of stinkers, but there have been some close games. I think there's six runs in that one there was, with, with yeah. you guys, yeah. Very which, close, yeah. which both sides had opportunities to win that, didn't they? And, and they did. And yeah. So we were disappointed with that. Um, well, as we are with any loss, but when you get that close and you know you have mm. the batsmen and the bowlers who should do better. Yeah, because we, we didn't bat well to start with and then obviously Jake Smith scored good runs and mm. uh, James Johnson came in and mm-hmm. tanked it left, right and centre. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not known for his... He's batting, but no. he's a solid performer. Yeah, yeah. He took advantage of it, really. Yeah. So, yeah. so Clarky will be listening, and we are a surprise team, Clarky, and no one expects it. So, we, <laughs> we, know, we know what's coming next, don't we, mate? Definitely. Yeah. But we do play Oroos this weekend. Um, this pod won't go out till after that, but it'll be interesting. We play Oroos first versus second this weekend. That'll be really interesting. Which is a really nice place yeah. to be, because, as you say, Oroos are very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, strong as a club as a whole. Yeah, yeah, um, they're on the up. How much local cricket are you getting to watch these days, Colston? Um, not a great deal, to be perfectly honest. Just what you mentioned about Olruos. What I've noticed about Olruos seconds is how many in that team were in the first team. That's yeah. Right, yeah. Quite recently. That's yeah. the strength, isn't yeah. it? And, uh, and they're holding exactly. their own. No, no problem in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're doing yeah. great. You know, so, yeah. As you say, a club, a club on the other. Something like Olruos are a team that, um, we've mentioned this before, that one of the old, you know, from days gone by when Dave Thompson used to play and all those mm. players... And I think they've they've managed to carry that on and be a strong club, strong mm. leadership, 
and doing well off the field again as well as on it. You know, so any other cricket you've seen this year? Yeah, I'm, uh, you see, I'm, I must admit that I'm not seeing seeing an awful lot of cricket. I'm interested in it. I'm following the results mm. closely. I'm looking at scorecards. I know people who, yeah. who yeah. I chat to in, in and around the game. Yeah. But uh, but Saturday has become a day off for me in the in, in the mm. summer, and I've got two grandchildren, and, uh, yeah. and they're they're, take, they're taking precedence. Admit. Get them down to a cricket ground. Life's priorities change, don't Life's priorities yeah, change. Get, them, get them down to a cricket ground, and that's how you get them in with all stars or dynamos, wherever it is, isn't these days, isn't it? So they've all got so many things. It's interesting what you say about Oliver's things. We had Bertie on from Oliver's a few yeah. weeks ago on the pod, and he was very, very open about the fact that yeah, they've got a, they're holding their own in the prem. But they aren't afraid to move players between that first and second team. If they're in form, they're going to be up there. If they're yeah. not, they're going to be playing. And it's, it's a nice position to be in when you can do that because, like you said, you know they're, they're holding their own and we possibly didn't expect it. I think even Bertie was a bit surprised when we, mm. we spoke to him a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, so, definitely. Which is your local club ground there, Constant? Well, my nearest my nearest ground is Swarkston since I, since I live in Chelliston. And, uh, but as I say, I grew up I grew up with Elveston down the road. Mm. Yeah. I grew up at Barrowash with... I was fascinated. I'll tell you a little story about that ground. I always wanted to play on that ground. Mm-hmm. I was over 40 before I did. And I actually bowled quite well that day. We, we, we hired the ground, actually, because I know John Lindsay at, at mm-hmm. Elveston. And, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, you need a ground. We, we, we'll let it out on Sundays. And uh, I, I bowled this really good spell. I, I went from eight runs in eight overs for right. one wicket. And I thought, this is good. And my daughter had come down to watch. And... Uh, I came off at the end and feeling quite pleased with myself and she said, all I could see, Dad, was your moobs bouncing. Absolutely. And talk about deflated. Oh, yeah. And on Trust the same, the kids to do that well, for they you. do that for you. And on, <laughs> on the same occasion, I mean, we were a team of veterans. It was yeah. a friendly team of, yeah. of veterans. And uh, some girls went by on horseback and said, look, Old men playing cricket. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, we once, I was at Winslow, we had Terry Mason's dad, Len. I think he was 76. And at the other end was um, Carl Eden, and he was 16. So we had 60 years between the two yeah. players. Yeah. And that don't happen very often in sport. Yeah. I mean, that's some going, that is. When I was when I played my two league games for Kirk Langley as a favour to, to my mate, Yeah. Um, I was bat- I battered... On, in one of those games, and uh, we ascertained that I was uh, a guy called Terry Souter was at the other end. Okay. And we worked out that we'd won original hip between us. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a hip replacement, he'd have two. And we were discussing this at, between overs, and the wicket keeper came, the, the Clay Cross <laughs> wicket keeper came by, and he said, And I've had three heart attacks. <laughs> 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 and that's exactly what I say. You just don't get that anywhere yeah. else. Do you? you can't see that. This sounds like an article for you. Too. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Just talking about the sort of uh, children's response to, to to playing cricket. When we played uh, at your place at Windsor, my yeah. my family was watching on YouTube. Were they? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, we've got the camera. Up there. Yeah, yeah, and and. And they've sort of been waiting all afternoon for it to happen. And I, I came out to bat and lasted four balls. <laughs> I played the worst shot I've played for years. And so they were, they were yeah, they, they asked me if that was what I was meant to be doing. Um, and and then later I was watching some international cricket on the telly England playing in the Netherlands. And That's right, yeah. They came and said, oh, 
That's what you're meant to do. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. It's so, great that they're watching that. That's, that's... Yes, no, they're very supportive. Yeah. So we've not done you any favours there, then? Well, not this time, but, you know, <laughs> I, you know I'd, I'd, I'd like to have another go. <laughs> What's your thoughts on, on things like the streaming of the games at, at that level now, Nick? Oh, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's I love watching it. I mean, it's, it's slightly depressing because what feels fast and athletic when you're on the pitch <laughs> looks very much yeah. not fast nor athletic absolutely down, yeah. yeah and and you know that that thing where they say it adds a, a stone or two that appears to be you know <laughs> without un shadow. underestimating it yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's 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 sobering but it's interesting to see your technique yeah. and how you yeah. play what's well, we, happening we've had a great response yeah. to it mm. I, I was actually on a seminar last night for mv play and some of the there was not uh, about ninety people on this seminar all looking to get cameras for their clubs. So it was, uh, I think it's going to get more and more prevalent. To be honest with yeah. you, yeah, and, and it made for some, some some good fun after the game when we mm. played oh, through a few had, clips. And we've had some fun in the in the dressing room. Persuade, persuade exactly. people they really yeah. did get an edge when they yeah. think they didn't that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, as long as it doesn't boil over and people get uh, start using it for. Yeah, serious means. That, that, yeah, yeah, you probably have to be a bit careful. Then. We have got to be careful. Yeah. You've almost got to lock lock it down to a certain extent. Um, so, mm -hmm. but then these days, anyone can just grab it and use it, mm -hmm. can't they? We haven't got sound yet, and it's it's one of those questions that the club is that the sort of fifty fifty. Do we put sound it's or not? Very on contentious it? issue. Though, very right? contentious issue. Because yeah, if you get sound, somebody's going to walk past the microphone, yeah. say something about that Nick Campion from Walton. Yeah. And then all else going to Somebody's going to do that on purpose because they won't. For sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to get a stump mic, but that's me. But <laughs> I don't think the bowlers would like that. Oh, no. I'd, I'd love that because there's certain games I've watched even this season. There's a couple of feisty ones last year. It would be great to listen to that. Whether we like it or not, it'll be almost a case in five years' time which clubs haven't got it. Yeah. yeah mm. I think it will be. Yeah. yeah it's, got, it's coming that quick. It's isn't very. It? It's, it's pretty inexpensive for what you get for it and potentially the revenue you can. You know, draw from it from potential sponsors. Yeah. So here's a question for both of you: just you know, bringing cr cricket, club cricket, and writing all together, and listening to both of you very interesting. Are we missing something in the UK when it comes to club cricket? Because as a uh, participant sport, for 22, 23 weeks in the year, there are tens of thousands around the country playing pure, unadulterated club cricket. You know, as you say, Nick, we all think we're you know Jimmy Anderson, and we're not. Is there a, a an Absolute 100% club cricket website or club cricket magazine, old school almost. Is that missing for for you know for, for the game basically? I think probably not. Um, I think we're too parochial to be mm -hmm. that interested yeah. in everyone else. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it, we were interested in the reports in the Daily Te Derby Telegraph or the Burn Mail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we love chatting about our game and our division mm. with each other yeah. and on on pods like this and on on. You know, on Twitter and that. But a beer after the game. Yeah, but I, I, I would be surprised if someone could make a club cricket only publication re yeah. or mm -hmm. website really stand up. Mm. The, the, the magazines d devote more to it than they used to. Yeah. Because obviously that. That's an audience. A, it's an audience. It's a commercial decision, and and mm. I think there's some nice coverage now. But yeah, I, 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 I don't think you're missing anything. 
I don't think I don't actually how, how you monetize a website anyway. You make no. you know, it's, it's, it's hard, you're ending it? up with volunteers because mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. something like this pod it's, it's designed to aimed at club cricketers with a with an eye on the county game, and I yeah. think the two mm-hmm. married together has, mm-hmm. has been quite a nice partnership. Yeah, um, and I, we've got a buy-in from Derbyshire, which has been great, and mm-hmm. that's allowing us a voice to talk about club cricket as I well. I think it's great that Derbyshire yeah. got involved like that. I, yeah, yeah. but um, I, I agree with what Nick says. We are parochial. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, yeah. we do like seeing those hilarious clips from the guy that the guy that pulled a six and smashed his own windscreen. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. what and his reaction? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I watched that loads of times. Yeah. I mean, people love it. I mean, there was yeah. a guy that dropped a catch at Corton Bowl and he his leg flipped. He volleyed in it. The, yeah. 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 We've all seen them and they yeah. look great. And no yeah. doubt, I'm hoping we get some like that. Mm. Yeah. That, uh, that we can get. No, my favourite story is still the one from this year where it, it, we haven't got it on camera, but it was Carlos Brathwaite getting a golden duck mm. on the day he got his car nicked. Mm. That's his first ever game yeah. for Nolan Dorridge. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't make it up. Yeah. You really couldn't make it up. Yeah. Um, and we did ask Wayne Madsen to make sure he mentioned it when Birmingham came. I'm not sure if he got round to it because Brathwaite didn't last longer. Well, I think he was going to mention it in the 100, wasn't he? As well, yeah. So, well, the way yeah. Brathwaite threw the ball at him the other day, he might have mentioned it. Yeah, five. <laughs> five, five, <laughs> five yeah, five yeah. So, besides your cricket and your writing, Nick, I suppose we best have a good chat about your uh, number one uh, role in life now as a psychotherapist. Where mm. did that all start from uh, with yourself? Well, I, I started training in that in 2014. It took a long time. I, um, I finally got my master's in 2020. Six years? Yeah, yeah it's a four-year course. And I had a couple of years out. It's, it's, it's quite a, a heavy going. So I've, I've been seeing clients since 2015 as a mm-hmm. trainee and then, then fully qualified um, two years ago. So, so yeah, that, that runs alongside my writing. I do that for half the week and I write for half the week and, and then I try and fit a bit of cricketing. Yeah. Well, I don't try. I always fit a bit of cricketing. <laughs> and it, it, what sort of psychotherapy, what do you specialise in? What's your sort of core client? There is no single core client, I guess. It, it, it's all kinds of, of different things. I, I work in... Derby at Green Lane Counselling and Psychotherapy. So we'd, we'd get all, all kinds of different um, presentations coming through there. Yeah. Um, you know, anything from people having some slight anxiety to, to people you know, really falling apart and needing mm. to put their lives back together again. Or, or indeed people who are stuck and yeah. know there's more to come mm. and can't quite find out or mm-hmm. people who are acting a certain way and are not sure why or not sure how to change it. Yeah. Or, or, all kinds of different things. And how, how do you think that role in your career has mm. um, affected, inverted commas, helped your life and cricket as, as well? Mm. It's In terms of cricket, um, I've always been reasonably thoughtful about the game. Mm. Um, Hence where the writing came from, etc. Yeah, so it, it does lend a certain um, extra uh, layer of interest mm. to how... Uh, interactions happen in the game mm. uh, what's what's happening um, in the sort of interrelational dynamics both at an individual and a mm. group level and it doesn't always mean anything happens I, you know I'm, it, it's one thing knowing it it's another thing doing anything about it especially yeah. in, in, in in sport um, it's, it certainly adds a, a a level of interest and I am interested in how people operate and, mm. and obviously on the cricket field and is that where it came from originally that's it, that interested how people you know think and how they operate that's where you got into it um, it's a, probably a multitude of things came together to, to make this the, the right thing to do. It's partly that, uh, yeah, I'd always had an interest in people and what makes people tick. And it, it would appear from my sort of background that I have a, a certain 
propensity to be able to help people out or mm. at least you know give people an ear to listen and which is half the battle mm. so uh, just put a lot of different things together and that seemed to be the right thing yeah. at the right mm. time well they do say that sports you know is a fantastic positive attitude and gives you the right endorphins so i guess yeah there's a, the, there's a link there as well physical exercise is definitely um definitely helpful mm. uh, and i'd probably argue that the dressing room is equally as helpful uh, yeah. If it's a good dressing room, yeah, that is a good point. That, that's yeah. actually I was going to come round to that. Yeah. I was going to say, so at Walton, mm. you know, I'm sure um, you can analyse that dressing room mm. and talk. You're, you're the resident Steve Peters inverted mm. commas within there. <laughs> but do, do, can, do you think you can get through to? I'm going to say your archetypal 35 year old cricketer who's having a bad patch. What what do you say to him? That's difficult. I mean, I, I suppose I'm, I'm I'm trained as a psychotherapist rather than a sports psychologist. Um, so I'm, but there's a very close link. Oh, there yeah. is undoubtedly. Yeah. There's there's a very close overlap. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose because of my training, I'd be interested in what was behind yes. the tough time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be interested really in whether he's getting his left foot out wide enough to play the no. double drive. Yeah. I'd be wondering what's going on between Back the at home or, and, yeah, yeah. What, what's what's feeding into that? Mm. And what thought patterns have become established? And and how things might be playing out in the cricket field that are nothing to do with cricket. Mm. So. Mm. I think there's a direct link there between if you're happy in your your home life and your social life, you're going to play some better cricket. That, that's often the case. Some people have a, a, a real ability to compartmentalise and actually put everything to one side, start a game of cricket, yeah, and yeah. that's it's a getaway isn't it um, yeah. so different people take different things from yeah, the game yeah. I think mm. I certainly think when I've, I've played my best I've been the happiest in my life yeah, yeah. You know, I think there's a direct correlation to that Yeah, for yeah. me anyway yeah uh, I think every life experience informs what you go on to do next so you know m- I, I would argue that everything has an influence from the day you first draw breath mm. but that's probably a, a different podcast yeah. and from, from a, <laughs> it's getting a bit deep though. <laughs> yeah, far too deep for us but from a rounded perspective though to sort of finish off on this subject has it helped you in your general life you could see things differently the way you go about it and did you see that in the four well the six years training slowly but surely yeah it, it's it, it's a fascinating process and mm. you certainly learn a lot about yourself and others mm. you know the, the good stuff and the bad stuff and it's um yeah I, I certainly learned a lot, a lot about me and continue to do so yeah and it does come to inform the way you mm. the way you live um and it's informed the way i work as mm. well you know it's, it's helped with my um writing for companies mm-hmm. you know just That's interesting. it's also you know if we're being very sort of um opportunistic about it it's it's given me new angles to write about for cricket yeah because there are not many people around like me mm-hmm. so what i was saying earlier about always needing a niche yeah i, I found a niche mm-hmm. and kind of my big break mate sounds like I've, I've done it but um a a big break was was getting persuading all out cricket to run a a six monthly through the season article where we engaged the services of a, a top sports psychologist and applied it to club cricketers so me and four or five other cricketers and that was a fascinating experiment so each month I'd report back on how everyone had got on how they'd played what they'd said in their sessions and so it's a season-long experiment mm. so that was a real that, that's, that's that, really good that really got me in front of people yeah. and that's what the writing is all about you get in front of the right writers and editors yeah. and you create a reputation and you create a niche for yourself and so you know I, i'm forever grateful um, not only to andrew miller at the start but to phil walker at all out cricket and wisdom now who, who 
um, gave me the nod. Mm. Uh, I trusted someone who'd only written a few yeah. bits about club cricket before to, to do a six monthly piece. So, a final question on, mm. on that part of your life. You've got to get paid. You've got one job to do for the rest of your life. You've got to get paid for writing, psychotherapy, or playing cricket. Which is it going to be? Oh. <laughs> Can I talk to my therapist about it? <laughs> 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 Two shakes. We'll leave it at that one and we'll come back to it, shall we? Thanks, Nick. Cheers. Stumps, ups, and Hey Greg, it's been really great listening to you guys talking about all things cricket, sport and writing. But you know, we always come to the end of the pod with our six aside competition. So I'm going to set the scene very, very quickly. And it's, you know, you've both been invited separately um, to enter a, a team into the Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps six aside competition this summer. If you had to put your perfect six aside team together, we want to know who your six players would be. Have you got two batters, two bowlers? One all-rounder, one keeper. And it can be absolutely anyone from your cricket world. It can be a professional, it can be amateurs. We've had people put their best mate on because she loves her cricket. You can do what you want. So we'll start with you, Colston. And you've caught me out a little bit because I've not done my homework. Oh, <laughs> come on then. You can, you can go go with the flow then. So two batters. Um, do you want to do Nick first and I'll have a think about it? Yeah, go for it. Go on then, Nick. Two batters. Yeah, so I, I gave this some thought. Um, and I'm going international cricketers. Um, and I've, I played six aside a couple of times quite a long time ago, I don't think I'd have a go now. There's a lot of field to cover. Yeah. And you, 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 it's a very specialist activity, both batting and bowling, I think. Yeah. So, so these, are, these are my batters. Um, Viv Richards, because Viv Richards. And he ghosted around the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally. He could probably bowl a, a, a bit of off spin as well if yeah. you're desperate. And Joss Butler, because there isn't a better cricketer mm. in form in short form cricket in the world no it's just extraordinary two bowlers so again I was really thinking about what you need for this format and I've gone for Joel Garner because okay. if batsmen are trying to work a ball around and play their shots yeah. I don't think I'd fancy that coming from seven foot something yeah. and mm. he puts those Yorkers in mm-hmm. I think they'd struggle to get under them and I've gone for Derek Underwood Deadly. Anything in the pitch and he's delivering at that pace. Again, you're doing well to smack that. Yeah, okay. Your all rounder. All rounder, I've got Imran Khan. Ooh. Yeah, because I grew up in that era of Khan, Hadley, uh, both of them, Capel Dead, which is just a fantastic, (laughs) thrilling era to grow up in for all rounders. But I I think sometimes he gets forgotten just how good he was mm. an extraordinary cricketer his political career has almost taken it well hasn't it, hasn't it, yeah. hasn't it? Um, uh, although he's got a bit more time for cricket at the moment um, <laughs> but he was an extraordinary cricketer and he was also a, a great um, leader of men and pulling mm. puller together of size wasn't he so, yeah, so yeah, he's, he's yeah. my all-rounder and your wicket keeper well it was an embarrassment of riches for keepers but I've gone for Kumar Sangakara just incredible batsman as well. Incredible batsman, just an absolute mm. one of the the, the great um, classical good, good players. Good cricket mind as well. And uh, yeah, very in, intelligent cricketer mm. and a very handy gloveman. So that's not, yeah. not a bad side, I reckon. So, that's so pretty we, good. So <laughs> Richards, yeah, with Joss, yeah, yeah, Joel Garner, Deadly yeah. Derek, yeah, Imran Khan, yeah, to do a bit of everything, yeah, and. Kuma Sanga, he'll probably commentate for us while he's at it as well, won't he? And he'll be really good at it without his shadow. That's brilliant. Thanks, Nick. Colston, your turn, sir. I think you're going to keep, keep, stick with club cricket. I'm going you? with club cricket. Okay. And I've gone with people I've seen in, in, while covering club cricket okay. and while being involved. So if you're going to go club cricket, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Name them and obviously just name the club as well. 
if you can do, just to give people heads up, because there'll be some yeah. listeners who won't know all, all the names, obviously. So your two batters, Colston. Okay. Um, Johnny Owen is one at, at Otbrook, mm-hmm. because Johnny couldn't can, can, hit a long ball and and it just was really entertaining to watch yeah. and just like his liked his approach to the game mm-hmm. I know that his approach to the game mm. so it didn't really uh, stand him in great stead when he was with Derbyshire <laughs> but uh, you know uh, he'd admit that himself yeah. in fact he has admitted that to me himself but uh, a cracking batsman mm-hmm. to watch yeah. uh, second one is is Jamie Benstead Dunstall who's, who's an old mate because mm-hmm. uh, he was a journalist as well Jamie That's on, right. on oh, the yeah. Mail yeah yeah. And um, and a PR after that, and uh, he's just one of those great mm. cricket stalwarts, isn't he? Because it's just well, his dad Richie played yeah. at Winsor, yeah. So, uh, we know we know Jamie pretty yeah. well. So. I don't know how many years Jamie's been playing at, at Dunstall now. A good few. It's, it's, a fair it's, plen- few now, it's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's just he's just there and there every every year. And I don't, I don't know if you notice he's bowl, bowling a good, good deal call. now as well. So absolutely, if, if he, he, he could bowl in this side as well. Okay, so you're two bowlers then. Well, I'm going back with Kevin Dean again because Kevin's my all-time hero because when I tried to play, I was left-arm seamer and, and that's what Kevin Which club was that? That's what Kevin, did. Kevin is, was, was at Otbrook at, okay. at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it's, it's Kev's enthusiasm that's, you know, it's uh, Derbyshire Sam Connors would tell you because, okay. because Kev nurtured him at the start of his career mm-hmm. at Otbrook and... And, uh, well, Kev, Sam's doing pretty well Sam's right now. Sam's doing pretty well. Kev was really excited about Sam mm. when he yeah. when he started to come through. He's yeah. watch this one, watch this one, and uh, he's just he's just it, oh, this massive enthusiasm. I always loved about about Kev. Mm. Okay. I mean, he was my hero first, and then I got to know him. Yeah. And yeah, he's a, an absolute top guy. Your second bowler, uh, Dan Wielden again. Uh, okay. Sandy, uh, Sandy Acre. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. again. An absolute stalwart. Well, he's at Sandwich mm. now. He had time at Sawley and at Elverston mm. uh, when he was younger. And again, he's, he's just one of those who just keeps doing it year on year on year. Yeah, his name came up in one of the other yeah, parts, didn't it? Yeah, his name's definitely been mentioned before. Okay. And, uh, again, I've seen I've seen Dan when they won the National Club title and the emotion in him when they mm. did it. <laughs> for Elverston, for Elverston yeah. No, for, no, for Sandwich. Because yeah. Elverston did get to that final. That was the they? Village Cup. Oh, the Village yeah. Cup. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so did Corndon when uh, right. okay. the village one. And you're all rounder then, Colston. Uh, back with Otbrook uh, because I've seen a lot of Otbrook, but uh, I know this guy very well now. It's Ian Darlington. It's just one of those classic uh, fling it as I down as hard as I can, hit it as hard as I yeah. can. Yeah, fantastic reactions at slip. Great catcher of the ball. Mm. Huge, again, a huge enthusiast. And at the end of the game. I've got this image of Ian sat on the balcony at, at Otbrook, <laughs> feet up, fag on, fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classic club cricketer. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and now, for 10 years now, the landlord of the Cross Keys at, uh, at Otbrook, and, uh, uh, which is a, 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 nice a, link. a wonderful pub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And finally, then, your wiki keeper. I've got a good idea where your wiki keeper might go now, but go on. Have you? Yeah. No. Well, I'm, I might surprise you Go because he's only he's not even keeping wicket in as far as I'm aware in in in, le- in the league. Right. But uh, one of the one of the one of the best wicket keepers I've seen in terms of quick hands is Darren Smith. At right. Ralston, and, and he's now playing at Ralston. And not uh, keeping, you're and right. Not keeping. Okay. Right. But he, I, I think he's a, I think he's a terrific keeper. Mm. So and and he can bowl mm-hmm. and he can bat. So if you want a six a side team that can do everything, well, it's two pretty good sides there. It'd be interesting to put it <coughs> up against each other, but Joel Garner would just scare the living daylights out of me. It's been absolutely great to uh, chat to you guys, and thanks for those six a side uh, 
teams. We're going to put them all out on the internet at some point later this year and just pile them all out and see what people think. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your time, Colston. Welcome. Thanks for your time, Nick. Pleasure. And uh, we look forward to seeing who's in Cow Corner next. Cheers, guys. Well, thanks very much, Colston, Nick. Very interesting. Notice there you did mention uh, Jamie Benstead, who uh, he used to play for, um, well, didn't used to play for Winsel. His dad, Rich, used to play years ago when I first started Rich used to bring down a young Jamie and a young Matt down to uh, down to Winsel and basically just get them to hit balls into the net while he was playing he was a good left-handed bat silent assassin used to score quite a lot of runs bold leg spin bit bold off spin sorry yeah I know mean, you can tell the difference so yeah I remember Jamie and uh, and his brother Matthew from a very early age and um, yeah he's gone on to become um, a, a great batsman a great cricketer particularly in the Derbyshire League scoring that many runs is um, is a phenomenal achievement so this year um, social secretary John Duggins has been arranging a few social events we had a, an American night amazingly on the 2nd of July on the 4th of July with the American theme and he um, Johnny uh, did all the cooking he did some pulled pork homemade slaw and um, yeah it was a great evening had um, some games of beer pong and um, who won the beer pong we only had about three or four games because they took ages so um, couldn't get the ball in the, in the couldn't get the ball pong. in the cup. Yeah. So um, couldn't do no pong. We just get drinking. Me and Melody. Yeah, <laughs> that's an unusual. So yeah, so so that was a great night. Everyone enjoyed that. Uh, I think we've got this ladies' night. Oh, that's in right. August, yeah. some point. Yeah, and then this Sunday we've got the Matt Elson. Yeah, Memorial game. Yeah. yeah. So if it, this is out before then, or after then, or we've had it, or we've come down. Yeah, we've got a few uh, legend, or say legends, turning up. I think his mum has. Um, has asked uh, Kieran Sherratt to, to play. Uh, Kieran used to play for his keeper. And our good friend Jordan Taylor, who's captain of Hartshorn, who are equally doing as well this year in um, Division 4. I think they're second. They've had some good wins this year. Yeah, I think we'll try and get him on the pod, no, aren't we? Yeah, Hopefully I think it will be good. Uh, he, on, yeah, yeah it'll be, it'll be, um, be a great listen. So, yeah, please for them. Yeah, it should be good. So get yourself down on on Sunday to have a look at the uh, Matthew Elson Memorial game. So, there you go. Um, John, thank you very much for coming on again. Thank you very much for asking me. Yeah, it's, it. it's, it's been good. Um, so, that's all we've got time for. Until next time. Cheers. You? You do it, John. Well, I can do. Cheers, brethren. (laughs) That's all we've got time for for this edition of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Thank you to our special guest today. If you know someone at your club that wishes to come and have a chat with us and talk about your club, then please email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter. If you've got any questions, any stories or any funny anecdotes, then please again email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our tour around club cricket life. So please join us again for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. This is Stumpsumps and Beer Pumps. So until next time, there's your one for the over. Stumpsumps and Beer Pumps Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stump, 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 stump